Welcome to the Healthcare Leadership Podcast, presented by Referral MD, your go-to resource for increasing practice efficiency and revenue. Each episode, we share tips, tricks, trends, and real stories from physicians and healthcare leaders, so you can hear what really works to grow and manage your practice. Let's get started. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Leadership Podcast. I'm Jennifer, your host for this week's episode. This week, we're joined by Dr. Charles Thompson, a practicing independent physician with vascular specialist of Central Florida. He's been practicing there since 2002. Dr. Thompson is board certified um, in vascular surgery. He's fellow of the American College of Surgeons, a member of the Society of Vascular Surgery, a member of the Florida Medical Association, and a past president of the Florida Vascular Society. Dr. Thompson, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Yeah, super excited to have you, especially as we kind of continue this conversation that we've had um, a couple weeks back on the show with Marnie Jameson from the Association of Independent Physicians. You know, you're an independent practice and you've gone through a lot of changes in these last couple of years. If you wouldn't mind, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your history as a practice and why it is you've decided to remain independent after all these years? <clears throat> well, thank you. Um, We've existed as a private practice in the Central Florida area for a number of years, years before I actually joined the practice. And as it evolved, it became a uh, surgical practice of um, six people. Um, And uh, we've always maintained um, being private physicians, mainly because at the, at the time that I joined the practice, probably the majority of physicians within the Central Florida area were indeed private. And I think as the hospitals view um, the practices as potential sources of patients and potential revenue sources, they more aggressively go after um, hiring physicians. And I, I think that the hospital views the reason to do that as an opportunity to corral patients into the hospital system. And we've maintained um, being being private, we've been offered to join the hospital, but I think it comes down to the individual partners wanting to maintain autonomy and wanting to have our own practice and not be able to give up the reins of the practice, so to speak, to the the hospital. So being private, I mean, what benefit is there for the patients versus the providers within the practice itself? Sure. From a patient's perspective, um, private physicians really only answer to themselves and to their reputation within the, within the community. Um, the private physician maintains his relationships with the primary care physicians really largely through his reputation for his ability to deliver quality care um, to the patient. Um, the hospital physicians um, have a tendency uh, have a tendency motivated by the production of RVUs, and I think that the hospital administration see, sees things sees physicians as producing RVUs to to create a revenue source for the hospital, and in that respect, those physicians are not necessarily rewarded on their reputation; they're re- rewarded based on productivity. And when you reward a physician based on the based on RVUs, they get very good at developing RVUs. 
Whereas in the private world, you have to be very careful about how you treat the patients because ultimately it's your reputation that will determine the whether those patients will return to you and if the primary care physicians will continue to support you. So from the patient's standpoint, I think that you're, you have a very close relationship with private physicians that um, is magnified between the relationship between the primary care docs and the subspecialists. So you recently had um, a challenge in your local market with um, one of the hospital systems. Um, can you share a little bit about kind of what happened and what's what that's done to your referral patterns in the, sure. in the recent past? Sure. So one of the hospital systems has decided to move to basically an employed model where the majority of their subspecialists within um, certain service lines are going to be completely hired by the hospital. And what that does is, is that allows the hospital to, as I said, control patient populations through the actions of referrals. And the hospital, um, basically, our, our, the main hospital we were at, basically hired physicians in our specialty and then um, began to direct consults within the hospital to those subspecialists. So they would reach out to their, ho- to the, to their hospitalists, uh, to their other subspecialists and say, hey, we want you referring preferentially to the employed physicians. And what that's done is, is that's decreased the amount of in-hospital work that we originally had seen. Whereas before, um, you know, we were, we were seeing at least an order of magnitude greater in the number of consults that we've seen. Now those consults are being directed to the hired physician. And, you know, it's no longer a question of our reputation. It's a, it's a question of the economics for the hospital. You know, they're paying these physicians to be there. They want them to work. Um, they want that business to be steered to them, regardless of what the primary care physician or the other physicians may want. So what is it? I mean, if, if they've taken up your referrals and you're no longer able to be in the, in the system and they're referring to their own employed physicians, how are you accommodating for that and making up the difference with your, with your referral patterns now? Yeah. So the, the, for us as a practice, we're not solely in the hospital. Um, as a matter of fact, probably about, Oh, about a third of the business that we do actually comes from in hospital referrals And in general, those have a tendency to be um, sicker and more complex patients. But what what we've always done is is we've always had a fairly strong clinical presence in the community. And our referring physicians will often refer patients to us, not inside the hospital, but inside of our clinics. So what that means is, is that we have to cement those relationships. We have to build those networks with our primary care physicians and strengthen those networks that we have in order to get the patients to, to see us in the clinic. And if the patients often can see us in clinic, we obviate sort of the need of the hospital, or we are able to get those patients um, as referral 
as referrals before they get into the hospital. Once they get into the hospital system, it's a black it's a black box, and it's it's something that I think the primary care docs are uh, very well aware of. Um, if the primary care docs do not attend to the hospital or, or round on their patients in the in the hospital, they're almost persona non grata by the hospital. The hospital doesn't really engage those primary care physicians. And for the hospital's part, because they have hired hospitalists, they can tell those hospitals, hey, I want you referring preferentially to one group of physicians. That's our group. That's the people that we hire. So for us, what we've done is, is as I've said, we've strengthened those relationships outside of the hospital. We appeal more to the primary care physicians and to our other subspecialists. And we've tried to in increase our clinic time, basically seeing the patients in our clinics before they get to the hospital. We'll be right back after a quick word from me. Hey listeners, it's John Ellis here. And I wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about our presenting sponsor, ReferralMD. A fully cloud-based referral management solution, ReferralMD helps you manage your referral process like you never thought possible. In fact, ReferralMD clients reported an increase in referral conversion upwards of 25% since switching to the platform. But that's not all. Clients also increase operational efficiencies by 37% and reduce patient leakage by upwards of 65%. If any of those benefits sound good to you, and how could they not, we invite you to visit GetReferralMD.com forward slash offer to schedule your no-obligation tour of the ReferralMD software in action. Plus, as a thank you for being a listener to this podcast, you'll get 50%. That's 5-0 off your implementation fee. All you have to do to get that 50% savings is visit GetReferralMD.com forward slash offer and set up your product tour. And now, back to the show. Are you sharing the story with patients or is it something that you just share within the, the referral community? No, we, we have to tell patients, um, you know, the, the patients, they, they don't see the difference between the hospital and the physicians, you know, and you, you'll notice this when they get a bill from the hospital and they come into the physician's office and they see us as sort of the face of the healthcare system, but we're not necessarily part of the hospital. And the, the patients don't always make that distinction. So we have to educate our patients and say, actually, we are not, we are not hospital administrators. We don't run the hospital. We're part of medical staff. We're part of the medical staff. And we have always been very active in medical staffs in the hospitals that we've been at. But even, even the medical staff, um, the, the influence has been diminishing uh, inside of the hospitals. So we as physicians can't necessarily affect change um, like we could 20 years ago, but it, it is incumbent upon us to, in, to um, inform our patients of what happens because we've had instances of patients show up in the hospital and we've not been consulted and our patients will end up um, getting procedures done or getting treated before we even knew that those patients were in the hospital and had an opportunity to, to take care of our patients. So what we've had to do is tell our patients, look, if you're going to go to the hospital, um, be sure to tell them that you're one of our patients and to ask for us specifically, you have a right to ask for your physician 
Um, you have a right to ask for a second opinion if somebody gives you an opinion on uh, on your treatment. And it, it, it is incumbent upon us, unfortunately, to inform the patients and to assure them that this is the proper behavior that is for us to be informed when a patient goes into the hospital. Yeah. And this doesn't, I mean, this, this isn't happening to just your practice. This is happening all over the country. Do you have any advice for other practices who might be experiencing similar shifts um, within their communities? You know, it's interesting. I listened to Marnie's um, podcast right before this one, and th- there's something that she sort of hit on that it it's dawned on it's it's been reinforced this time, but it's something that we've always felt that we were pretty good at, and that is is you need to create networks of physicians. You need to strengthen the networks that you have within the community for your referrals. You should know where your referrals are coming from, and you should seek to service those referrals well. You're you're servicing your patients and you're servicing the physicians that are sending you those patients. And if you can strengthen those ties, I think that all the physicians, you know, all the physicians are sort of going through the same thing. As you said, this is, this is happening across the country. It's happening across subspecialties within the community. We openly talk about it. It's very easy as a physician to sort of be in your own little world. You go to your clinic, you go to, you go to your operating room and you don't really see sort of a greater the, the greater physician community. But if you take the time to kind of pull your head up, look around and reach out to your fellow physicians, you'll find that they have sort of the same problems uh, that we do and some, and some of the same feelings. And I, I think that for, if I were to give advice to physicians um, in other communities, it would be just that strengthen the networks that you have with your other physicians and your referring physicians and be be cognizant of where those patients come from and be very respectful. Ultimately, the way that you can sort of win at this system or excel is to be aware that you're going to be rewarded for your reputation. And part of your reputation hinges upon good communication with your, with your physician colleagues. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's great advice. Dr. Thompson, I mean, your days as a physician, as a surgeon are already taxed enough. I mean, are you the one out there having to um, build or rebuild these relationships or, I mean, or do you have like an outside organization helping you? Uh, Well, both, both. Um, So we have a good marketing team that helps us. My, um, my practice administrator is constantly marketing. um, And we have, we have uh, some of our employees that will, make the rounds, the physician's offices, um, to ask them, hey, how is the communication? Are, is staff answering the phones? Are you getting your consults in quick enough? So yeah, we, we have groups of people that do it, but really the, the person that can get a foot in the door is always the physician. Um, I can tell you probably about every three to six months, you know, I, I put a blazer on, I, t- I take my scrubs off, I put a blazer on, I go walk around in normal human being clothes, and I go over to the referring physicians. And it is it is rare that somebody will not see me. Um, I, I walk in, announce myself, just say, hey, I just wanted to stop by and say, hi, thank you for your consults. Is there any problems that I can discuss with, with, with referrals? Is there anything that I can do to make your life easier? Do you have any advice? And, you know, quite often the, the 
response is no, but it's good to see. I'm glad that you're that you came by to say hi, and it's generally two or three minutes, and it that that pays off in spades. That that really does. So I, you know, there there are other groups that can support you, but nothing nothing trumps the physician to physician relationship. I think. You know? Yep shaking hands, talking to people, knowing their faces makes a huge difference, especially when you, when you, your lifeblood or the value of those relationships. So outside, outside of this, are there any other kind of key challenges that you face now as kind of the last of the large private vascular groups in your region? Yeah, it's certainly the biggest, it's certainly sort of the, 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 the biggest challenge that we have. Um, it seems like it's probably the most pressing now because temporally it's, it's the, it's one that's just come up. Um, so I, I will say this one thing about that challenge though. You have to sort of view chaotic situations in business as an opportunity to, to define your, your company and to, to overcome, to define your practice and to overcome that. And what we have as a as a vascular surgery practice that the hospital doesn't is the ability to reform ourselves and to move quickly. The one thing that the bureaucracies, the hospital bureaucracy, does not do very well at is change. You know, it does not change its culture. It does not change its strategy very quickly. It takes them a long time, just like any other bureaucracy. It takes them a long time to make a decision and then to act on that decision. With our practice, it's it's a large it's a large vascular practice. There are six surgeons. It's a relatively large practice, but we're essentially a small business. You know, we have fifty employees. We're basically a small business. We can redefine the culture and redefine our strategic goals fairly quickly, and that's what we've done. To to go by way of example, we've really started stressing a lot of our outpatient um, surgical uh, you know, surgical centers and our office-based labs where we can perform procedures um, safely, expeditiously, um, at a financial rate that's much lower than, hos- than a hospital hospitalizing the patient. And that's very important for the practice because the revenue that was lost in the practice is being made up in the outpatient center. Having to rethink what we do as surgeons and how we do it has probably helped the practice more than anything else. And like I said, these sorts of these sorts of challenges that you can that that occur, you can either let it destroy your practice or you can let it reform and redirect your practice. And for that reason, because we're small enough that we can maneuver around these, I think that it actually gives us an advantage over the hospital systems. Yeah, and I think I think you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're you're a, you're a small business at the at the core of it. And you're able to take a challenge that comes at you and pivot and maybe even make it, you know, work to your advantage in the long run. And the hospitals cannot do that. So, I mean, if, if let's go ahead and wrap it up here, but if you were going to offer truly one piece of advice um, for our listeners out there that might be dealing with um, what would that, what what would that piece of advice be? Yeah. Just getting back to knowing your, knowing your referral patterns, you know, I, I, I've been in, not just a, a surgeon, but in graduate medical education for a while. And, you know, the residents at some point will start talking to us and asking us about private practice. Why would I go into private practice when I can sign on to the hospital and let them take care of everything? And I would tell them, I'd say, well, the, 
the nobody nobody looks after your practice like yourself. Nobody looks after your patients like yourself. You wouldn't relegate your patient care to another physician. You know, if you're, you know, you 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 feel that you provide the best care and you provide the best care for your practice. And if you take if you take it from the perspective of you are going to be the best shepherd of your practice, then just doing that, I think, um, having that realization that it requires you to go and uh, respect your your referrals and get out there and meet your referring physicians, that's what's going to carry you through any sort of problem. And that's what that's what's going to allow you to overcome any sort of comp of competition from the hospital. So my my advice is is just know where your referrals are, um, always be cognizant of it, and you know. Never, never take them for granted. Never take the patients for granted. And if you operate, and as I said, I tell the residents, if you worry about your reputation, if you provide good care, if you're respected within the community, it will pay off in the long run. That's great advice, Dr. Thompson, whether you're in healthcare or not. Um, great parting words. Anything, anything that, anything further you'd like to add before we shut this thing down? No, I, I think that um, I, I want to thank you again for inviting me this, to this. I heard the uh, podcast that Marnie was on and we follow uh, Marnie's work. Y'all are doing some great work here and I look forward to, to hearing some of your other interviews. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Thompson. And um, thank you everybody for joining us today for the Healthcare Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Healthcare Leadership Podcast. Presented by Referral MD. If there's anything you missed from today's episode, don't worry. We take the notes for you at getreferralmd.com slash podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss a future episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review to help us reach even more of our peers in the healthcare space. This podcast is presented by Referral MD the nation's leading centralized referral management platform for healthcare providers. Find out how ReferralMD can help you manage your referral process, decrease patient leakage, and improve communication between providers and patients at GetReferralMD.com.